Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. I'm Stephanie Stanger, and just so you're not um, distracted the entire time, I'm just going to acknowledge I had surgery two weeks ago. It was planned. I'm fine. You can ask me all the questions after service. If my voice gives out, we'll just keep going with it, okay? (laughs) Um, So now I would like to start with um, our annual performance review. Okay. So I have your title listed as Mother. Um, But I understand that doesn't even begin to explain the scope of your job here. Um, I have here that you're filling the roles of maid, chef, chauffeur, teacher, playmate, personal assistant, counselor, and nurse. Okay. Um, Let's start with your attendance. I see we have you on call 24-7 and that you haven't taken any sick days. And you've been working overtime on holidays. Okay. You always seem to find innovative solutions to your problems, and you hold your subordinates responsible for their performance. And even though they have all filed complaints against you, we believe that you effectively manage them. You have proven to be highly reliable, and you consistently exceed our expectations by delivering more than your assigned work despite your tight schedule. I see that you aren't currently receiving any benefits, um, but we find your work here invaluable, and because of that, we would like to offer you a raise. Let's see, we are currently paying you nothing. And you receive no paid vacation days? Well, I think the least we can do is send you on a vacation. That's when you, go ahead, throw that elbow. (laughs) Couldn't you use a vacation, Betsy? Yeah. When do we leave? See, muted? I said this before we were practicing. Oh, you're muted. You know what? All right. All right. All right. Chip said, if anything goes wrong, Betsy, it's going to be you that did it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to try this again. When do we leave? Right? Um, okay, so maybe we can't go on a vacation. However, um, we do have some lovely Mother's Day goodies for all of you. So if you haven't gotten them when you came in the door, you can get them in the atrium um, on your way out. So again, happy Mother's Day to all of you. It's so good to see all of you today. Um, if you have a Bible, grab that or grab one underneath your seat. Um, turn to 2 Corinthians 4, 5 through 18. Uh, you can also use your phone. Um, if you'd like to take notes. Okay, so before we jump into the text today um, that we're going to read in a minute, it's going to lead our discussion and our topic of the morning. I just want to give you a little brief history of the author, okay? It's about Paul, and no, Paul was not a mother. But follow along. I think you'll understand why we picked, uh, why we picked Corinthians. All right, so Paul was an apostle in the Bible, um, and he wrote many of the epistles, which were the letters. Um, So Paul was one of the most influential leaders in the Christian church, in the early church, and he spread the good news about Jesus all over. So we love Paul. Paul knew what his goal and his mission was in life, which I think that's so cool. It was to help others keep their eyes fixed on Jesus and to look at the eternal prize through salvation. 
Great, right? Through this mission, Paul knew what, what it was like to suffer hardships, and he knew what it was like to suffer through those momentary trials. We all have trials, we all have challenges, correct? Does anyone see why we, may, we might be picking the scripture for Mother's Day? <laughs> momentary trials, hardships, challenges, I think you get it. All right, so we're going to be reading from 2 Corinthians, which was Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth. His first letter was to resolve like the, um, the doctrinal and the ethical problems in the church, and his second letter was written after these problems were resolved. So Steph and I love, love 2 Corinthians, because this was the most personal and intimate of all Paul's letters. And I don't know about you, I'm a nerd, I'm a book geek, and I love to read, and I love um, when the author reveals his transparency, okay? And so I feel like you're going to feel Paul's heart through this and how transparent that he is uh, through this passage. He discussed the, the correct motives for serving Christ and stated that he as an apostle served diligently faithfully, and selflessly. I think we can all say, moms and everyone here in the room, that we want our motives to be like Paul in his mission for life, for the Lord. We want to serve him diligently, faithfully, and selflessly. But, well, and thus the eternal reward, right, in the end, which is the most important thing. But it doesn't always come easy, right? No. Um, <clears throat> so Stephanie here my beautiful friend, um, she's going to start off by reading the text um, and then give us our first point on how hard it can be in this season of life um, with her littles. Um, it's tough, but you know what, you guys? The rewards to follow are so sweet, and I think Steph does this amazingly well. So let's give it up for Steph. All right, so... Okay. So we're going to read 2 Corinthians 4, verses 5 through 18. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory, displayed, I am Reading right. Okay, yeah, sorry. I just had this moment where I was like, am I in the right chapter? Made in his light <laughs> shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, 
Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so today's message, we titled it The Greater Reward, which is that eternal glory. That's why we chose that title. So we're going to explore what it takes to get there, but first I'm going to pray. Father God, um, it's just an honor to gather with our church family this morning and just to dig into the word that you gave us. And we know that what we're talking about, right, this is the greatest thing. This, this is what it's all about, this eternal life, this eternal glory. And so I pray that you would help us just to receive this message from you this morning with open minds and open hearts. I pray that everybody would leave feeling encouraged and inspired and challenged and motivated. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so point one, the greater reward takes pressure for purpose. And 2 Corinthians 4.17 said, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we see those troubles have a purpose. So as a mom of three young kids who I'm with all day, every day, I feel at times like I am in the trenches, down and dirty, hands-on. I'm in amongst it. I am thoroughly involved. And I'm sure some of you are feeling the same way in the season of life that you're in. Maybe you're paying off a large debt. You are just thoroughly involved in saving that money, saying no to that purchase, right? Maybe some of you are working while you're taking college courses. That's a heavy load. Maybe you just started a new job and you're feeling overwhelmed, learning the ropes, learning the new people, the system. Maybe you're taking care of a sick or elderly loved one, just down and dirty in the trenches. But we know that these things will not last forever. Those of us, of those of us with kids, we have maybe 18 years with our kids at home. College students, hopefully you're done in four. Adjusting to a new job um, takes three to six months, according to one source. But when you're in it, it does not feel momentary. It doesn't feel light. It feels heavy. It feels dirty. It feels hard. But that end goal, right? 2 Corinthians 4.17, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. That sounds good. So how do we focus on those eternal spiritual rewards? We're going to look at an example. In Matthew 14.25, Jesus goes off to have some private time, and he sends his disciples on ahead of him. So they get on this boat on the lake. Storm comes, and here's where we're going to pick up the story. Verse 25 says, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. 
Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? So what happened here? There, in the midst of the storm, the trouble, Peter did something amazing. The storm seemed like no big deal, right? But then something happened. He focused on the storm, and he started failing. What happened was he took his eyes off Jesus. This is a big deal. I want to look at another story. In Numbers 13 and 14, I'm just going to kind of do a brief overview, but I recommend reading the story on your own. Caleb and Joshua were part of the 12 spies that went to scope out the promised land. Um, They came back, and Caleb was like giving this kind of great report while the other spies are saying, it's scary, it's too hard, we can't do it. And Caleb's like, no, let's go, we got to do it. Um, And so these other spies who were scared, they were looking at the circumstances, right? They were looking at the problem, the trouble, and saying, this is too big, this is too hard, this is too scary. But Caleb, he was looking at the power of Yahweh, the one true living God who they followed. He knew the power. And because of the doubt, they lost out on the promised land. Unbelief is a big enough matter that it disqualified an entire generation from the promised land. That's a big deal. You see, we can only do amazing things through his power. Remember Matt's message a couple weeks ago, God does give us more than we can handle. We have to rely on him. If we focus on the world, it looks too hard. We feel like failures, so we can't take our eyes off of Jesus. One thing that I started doing was instead of putting my kids in timeout, I put myself in timeout. I say, Mommy's mad. She has to go to timeout. And then I go sit on my bed, and I read my Bible. And sometimes I read it, and I come back out, and it's just this great reset. And sometimes my kids come to find me. They want something. Happens every five minutes. And... um, (laughs) I'll say, you need to wait until I'm done reading my Bible. And sometimes they'll leave. And sometimes they'll say, what are you reading? And I'll just start reading it out loud to them. And they'll say, I know that story. That's when Jesus did this. Guys, it's so good. It's so good. So I know it's so easy when we're washing those same dishes we washed yesterday, changing that diaper, right? I'm glad I'm not in those days anymore. (laughs) When we're headed to that same job day after day, when we're tired, when we're not sure how the bills are going to get paid next month, we feel the pull of the world. It's easy to focus there, but we can't do that. We can't ever stop focusing on eternity. I think that's a fill-in-the-blank for you guys, if if you're one of those people that has to have all the blanks filled in. Eternity makes these troubles seems smaller, more temporary. Eternity helps us focus on what really matters. Eternity helps us put God's kingdom first. And our troubles, they're just growing us and changing us. 
Romans 5, 3 through 4 says, We also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. James 1, 2 through 3, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And that hope, that's our eternal life. So these troubles and pressures that we're experiencing, they are for a glorious purpose and a greater reward. But don't just take my word from it, because we have someone who's on the other side of the little kid years. I ask Betsy for parenting advice all the time, so <laughs> I'm really excited that you guys get to hear some of it too. Oh, ask my kids, that might be scary. <laughs> Okay, wow, Stephanie, that was awesome. Um, on the other side of the trenches, almost, almost, okay, I'm, I'm getting close. How I managed in those early trench years. Well, I'm just gonna tell y'all, there's no hope. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's an encouraging message today. Um, so for all of you that think those trench years go away, when your kids hit a certain age, I wanna just tell you a little secret. Um, they just get deeper, those trenches get wider, and those trenches get much more expensive. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> okay. So I love that we're doing this Mother's Day message today from two different perspectives this morning. So when Pastor Matt asked Steph and I to do a co-teach, you're going to love this. I know, he's so ready for this. He specifically said, and I quote, I think it would be so cool if like you and Stephanie uh, could talk about motherhood and like overall life um, lessons learned. Um, you know, Stephanie could take it from a much younger side and Betsy, and Betsy, you can take it from a much, what? Um, as Leah's eyes looked over at him as if to say, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. He said it, I'm old. That's it. <laughs> A much older side. Well, I would prefer to say a more mature and seasoned side. Okay, good. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I, we still love you. All right, in all seriousness, though, I am older. And you know why? Because this print is really big, if you don't believe me. <laughs> and I have my goggles right here, just in case. Um, but you know what, you guys? I am old, and it's great because I'm still here, and I have journeyed. I have been so blessed to have journeyed uh, through so many of those trench years uh, in life. And I'm going to share with you this morning briefly just a few little nuggets to maybe encourage you, uh, just encourage you during this time through the pressure in it all for the purpose of it all. And there is a purpose. So I recognize after several years of trying to do it well, feeling like I failed more times than I did not fail. Um, trying to lo not lose heart in those momentary troubles and trials that you were talking about earlier. Um, you know, just, just the hardships of, of raising kids and juggling life. You know, it's deep. This is deep. Are you ready? I just had to do one thing. I just had to raise my hands and admit to the Lord and admit to myself that my need for him was so, so far greater than my skills and my abilities and my reasoning and my theories and my rationalizing on how to overcome these difficulties of life in my own power. It didn't work. And I tried more times than I'd like to admit. I had to let go of the unnecessary pressures 
And I'm going to say that again, you guys. Ugh, there are so many unnecessary pressures that we have to let go of. Um, some for me, trying to fit in you know, to what the world standards were. I'm a people pleaser. I, I was so bad. I'm, I'm not great now, but I'm better, okay? I've learned to get better. Getting upset over, over trivial things, worrying about what, what everybody thought, you know, um, just, just trying to look at the scope of how much it's really gonna matter in eternity letting things go faster, letting go, to, go of like bitterness and anger and resentment. And now that I have it all figured out now, but the older I get, you can look back and you can go, it really wasn't that big of a deal. And I'm gonna tell you, one of my most unnecessary pressures in life, it was the pressure of not feeling strong enough for my kids and my spouse and my friends and my neighbors and the people that I worked with. I felt like I wasn't strong enough. But I had to realize that the real truth was that Jesus was strong in my weakness. And I want you guys to fill in this blank. You see, our weakness magnifies his greatness. That's how easy it is, because we are going to be weak. We are going to be weak. We're human. He knew that. And so in our weakness, he is magnified. What? If I would have known that, right, early on. So in this constant need for him, you know what it does? It helps us to be filled up and to, to go to him in prayer every day, right? Because when we go to him, that's when we get renewed, when we're in those trenches. I need more of Jesus every day. I needed him then, and I still need him today. I need to be more like him, and I need to be less like myself. I crave to be renewed every day. I crave to be with him. I need his power. I need his hope. I need his love. I need his patience, ask my kids. I need his grace. I need, most definitely, I need his forgiveness every day, but I need his voice in my life. I need the fruit of the Spirit. I needed it then, and I need it now. And it's so critical. Galatians 5, and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I needed it then, and I need it now. Back in, uh, back in the text in 2 Corinthians 4.16, it says, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly are wasting away. Do we just feel like we're wasting away sometimes? It's okay, because inwardly, if we do these things, we are being renewed day by day. And that's good news all day long. The need to be renewed day by day <clears throat> is also recognizing that we are poor in spirit. And when you say that, it kind of feels like, oh, I'm poor in spirit. It's okay. You know why? Knowing that in our weakness, remember, he makes us strong. So that's good news. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You see, again, it is him shining through us so that that power may rest upon us. I want that. So when we're weak, guess what? His power is magnified, right? And we lean in on him and we get renewed. Remember the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 3? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. So this means in our own spiritual hardships, guys, in our weak spirit, um, there is an overwhelming, deep need for God. 
And this is when we, rec- this is when we recognize that and we inherit the kingdom of God. We become better people. That's when we become better mothers, better fathers, better friends, better coworkers, better sons and daughters, whatever it is we are. That's when we become better. And I think Paul really understood this. Oh, I love Paul. You know, we all go through challenges in life, but I feel like I can relate to Paul. Um, And Steph and I, we were talking about that. You know, Paul knew full well that he needed God in his momentary afflictions, and there were many. And if you haven't read the whole story, you need to hear the story. Paul didn't just have a little affliction. Talking about feeling like he was in the trenches, all right? I'm just gonna give you a list of some of Paul's momentary afflictions, okay? He was beaten times without number, in danger of death. Five times he received 39 lashes from the Jews. He was beaten with rods. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned. Frequent journeys. Um, he was, he was um, in danger of rivers and robbers and countrymen and the wilderness and the sea. He had sleepless nights. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was cold. That would have done me in. He had no food. I mean, wow. So how many of us can say today, confidently, don't lose heart. Like if I went through that and I was Paul, that would be really hard for me to say. But but Paul says, don't just say it. He says, confidently say, don't lose heart. You want to talk about pressure for a purpose? Paul had pressure, but he knew what the pressure was for. It was for the purpose of it all, which is eternity. In verse 17, Paul again confidently knew that his momentary troubles were achieving for him an eternal glory that far outweighed them all. So moms, it is indeed Mother's Day, and I wanna encourage you that even if you feel at times as though you're wasting away, you're stuck in the trenches, you're stuck in those like momentary trials, I don't want you to be discouraged. God is doing a beautiful work in you, and he is doing a beautiful work in me. In Hebrews 10.35, it says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly, richly rewarded. And I was thinking about the uh, sculptor Michelangelo. You know, sometimes uh, chipping away at that statue, it can hurt, can't it? Like chip, 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 it's like, ouch, ouch, ouch. It doesn't always feel good. We take a lot of punches, so to speak, as moms and just in overall life in general and what we do in the circumstances. But here's the beautiful thing. Little by little, pressure and purpose, pressure for a purpose, and then you realize that something beautiful is being formed in us. These light and these momentary troubles and these afflictions, you know what they're doing? They're preparing you and they're preparing me for an eternal glory. It's for a purpose. The chiseling, it hurts, but it's preparing us for the purpose. So if you're gonna have pressure in life, have pressure for a purpose. Not all the unnecessary pressures that we don't need. Not pressure to fit in by the world's standards, but pressure of knowing that you are living, you are raising your kids, you are doing all that you are doing for the glory of God. That, my friends, is pressure with a purpose. So that ends our first point. The greater reward, number one, takes pressure for purpose. And again, I would love to bring up my beautiful friend, Steph, um, and she's going to introduce us to our second point uh, for the morning. 
So the greater reward takes, point two, expanding your circle. We could not ignore verse 15, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. So when I say expanding your circle, I'm going to talk about my kids again. But if you don't have kids, don't check out because we are going to look at other ways that you can expand your circle, and we're going to talk about turning excuses into opportunities. So I don't know if you guys have ever said this or heard someone say this, but a lot of people say say to me or about themselves, my kids are my ministry right now. And I agree, yes, they are. It's important work. I'm raising disciples, but it's not enough for me. And I want to be part of that Thanksgiving overflowing. So instead of using my children as an excuse or letting them hinder what I can do for the kingdom, I asked myself, what can I do with my kids for the kingdom? How can I include them in doing ministry? So I've done a variety of things over the years. Um, When we first started Cornerstone, I was in charge of finding those community organizations that we partner with. Um, to give that 10% to. So I hauled my kids around to just about every charity in the area, and we toured them all, and we ate that cafeteria food with all the people and um, met with the directors and people who benefit from those charities. And then when you all started generously giving, we took that 10% and went to the store and bought those wish list items and delivered them, and my kids were part of it all. We've also delivered meals to people stuck on home on things, stuck at home on Thanksgiving, Um, I've done yard cleanup at Hannah's house with one of my kids. My kids have shared their rooms with a boy in foster care while we provided respite. We did that outreach together, that crazy one that you guys didn't want to sign up for where you had to like pray (laughs) about where God wanted you to go and then go there and talk to strangers. My kids did that. And now they currently spend two days a week at a Bible study. So one day I can participate and one day I can teach middle schoolers. So I'm always looking for ways that I can help others and love like Jesus while including my kids. And it's caused them to be dragged around to a lot of different places and events. But we just want it to be so part of their lives that it's just normal. And it's something that they'll just keep doing on their own as they get older. And I know personally, I have been so blessed by people who are older and not in the same season as as life as me, just in grocery stores and in parking lots. I've had people bag my groceries for me or load my trunk for me. Um, We don't really have grandparents in the area to help take care of our kids regularly. And we've been so blessed by friends that we've made at church who have kind of taken our kids as their own grandkids, taken them overnight. Um just to love them. And I love these days of serving with my kids, but these amazing people who have blessed me have made me excited for that season when I can just kind of pause and listen to the Holy Spirit and look for opportunities around me to bless people that are in this season that I'm in. So what's part of your life that's hindering you from expanding your circle? from loving others, and from growing the kingdom? And how can you change that excuse into an opportunity? Maybe you work really long hours and you just don't see how you can fit it in your day. Well, maybe invite your coworkers to eat lunch with you and kind of plan for that to be an hour of ministry time where you're just going to minister to them. 
Maybe you don't have the money to pay for someone else's groceries, even though you would really, really love to. Well, prayer can also go a really long way. Um, One time I was at the grocery store and I had a very grumpy cashier. And I just paused and looked at her. And I was like, you know, it looks like she's in pain. And so I just said something. I was like, are you okay? You look like you're in pain. And she was like, oh, my back. And, And I said, can I pray for you? And she was like, okay. And I put my hand on her back and prayed for her. And I didn't get to like sit around and watch her and see how it changed her day because that would have been weird. But <laughs> but it could have, you know, I don't know. I'm sure it made a difference. At least she knew that she was seen and somebody cared enough, right? Maybe you're lacking in bravery. You're like, that sounds terrifying. Invite a friend who's not afraid to put their hand on someone's back and pray for them. I'll go with you. <laughs> Maybe you're in the thick of busy teenagers and you're like, school, got to drive here, sports practice, how are we going to fit dinner in? Hey, sports fields, those are good missions fields. And if you need help with ideas, I would love to brainstorm with you. So come find me. And remember that glorious purpose from earlier, keeping our focus on eternity. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about people's eternity. It's a big deal. We cannot let something that we lack or some people that we have to haul around with us stop us from impacting someone's eternity. 2 Corinthians 4.15, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. We want that grace reaching more and more people, all for the glory of God. And Betsy is someone that I think has a big circle and does this well. So we're going to hear from her on how she's used it for the kingdom. Thank you. I don't know how well I do it, but, you know, we got, we got to keep going, don't we? No matter how old we are. Okay. So <laughs> he's never going to let this one down. We're never going to let that go. Wow. So how many of you guys can say that what Steph just say, said is so, so encouraging? Amen. All those things you did, God bless you. Those things matter. Um, I love that. So reaching more people with the vision and the mission that God gives to each one of us, it is so, so very valuable. And it is so necessary, like Stephanie said, for kingdom purposes. You know what? We can and we should. It's kind of not an option. We should always be praying for ways in which God can use us to expand the kingdom for his glory. All right, so as for myself, how have I, how can we all, uh, whether we have children or not, how can, we, how can we just continue to expand our circle when our seasons of life change? Well, <clears throat> we need to know that our job is never done to reach more and more people for the glory of God. No matter how old we get, no matter how old our kids get, and no matter how the seasons will shift, because it's reality, guys, the seasons are always going to shift. And you know, Paul knew the importance of this so well in expanding his circle because those of you that have read the story on Paul, his his circle was expanding. His seasons were shifting all the time. I believe the best way that we can hope uh, to see us um, and those around us and our kids reach more and more uh, people for Jesus, okay, this is deep, okay? So like when I was praying about 
about this in my own experience. I felt like the Lord said this, and then I was like, oh, it's so simple, but you guys, it's so true. The best way that we can reach more and more people for Jesus is to mirror his image, which is to love and to love generously. Because Jesus does this well, and we see that in the Bible. And you know what's so cool is we can do this at any age. We can love generously, and we can love well, no matter how old we are. And we can continue to grow our circle. I think one of the biggest compliments for me um, in my life was when one of my children said, Ugh, mom. And I think it's funny that mom has three letters and it sounds like a word that never ends. Mom, I hear you, okay? You are always the last one out of every place we go. (laughs) But then it gets better. My child, won't say which one, proceeded to say, that's because you love well. What, what? When your kid says something good, run with it. (laughs) Love well, folks. Teach your kids and others to love well by loving well yourself. You know what? This will always, and I promise, will always expand the kingdom for God. And no matter how old we get. Um, Okay. Okay. You know why I know this? Because it's in red, okay? It's a big deal. Matthew 22, 36, and 37. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and? And the greatest of these is? Amen. You know what? I will say that my kids love well. And for this, I am eternally grateful. I can confidently say this because you know what? I am giving God all the credit. It was in my weakness when his power was shining through me and he was doing all of the heavy lifting. Isn't that good news? We just asked for his help. So my mission field, although my kids are older, It's still try to encourage them every day, because I will tell you, no matter how old your kids get, they should always be in your inner circle forever. But I try to love my kids, encourage them well, as well as everybody um, around me. So women and men, everybody in the room, if what I am about to say applies to any of you this morning, I want you to take heart, okay? I really felt like God was putting this on my heart as I was preparing the message. If you feel that you... um, that you have felt left behind by God sometimes in your mission to helping your kids get to where they need to be in their expanding their circle in life, I just want you to know that God has not forgotten about your dreams and your hopes. You see, your circle is so, so important to God. It matters, and it doesn't matter how big your circle is, and it doesn't matter how small your circle is. You know what matters the most? It is what you do with the circle in which God has placed in your life. Psalm 37.4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will, not he might, he will give you the desires of your heart. I love what Steph said earlier. This stuck out to me so much, Steph. It almost made me cry. Don't make me cry. 
I, w- I loved what she said earlier about not using her kids as an excuse. Because I think I did that sometimes in my life. Well, I have my kids, and God forgot, I can't do what God's called me to do. It's like, no, 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 no. She didn't let them hinder her from expanding her circle. Instead, she included them to fulfill her heart's desire in the process. And her kids were involved in that. How cool is that? So no matter what season of life you are in, we always have to learn how to impact someone else's eternity. So I feel like I've had... um, just a super passionate call on my life uh, to minister encouragement and hope to people. Um, and you know, we can do that every day in, in so many different ways. We can do it through cards and phone calls and most certainly prayer, a kind word. Um, of course, my personal favorite, for those of you that know me, hugs. hugs. You can do it through hugs. It's my thing. You don't have to. And this is all so wonderful. But you know, if God is calling you to expand your circle with something specific and you know that you're not doing that right now, you might feel like it's just a little too late or it's not important or expanding your circle is just, it's not that big of a deal. I'm going to tell you right now, it is a big deal. Sometimes when our kids are growing up and we just don't have time to expand our circle the way that we want to, I want you to know that God created the verse, Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and I will give you your heart's desires. I want you to pray. I want you to pray that God will help you today expand your circle for the glory of God and he most certainly will. So I had the privilege of expanding uh, my circle in various ways throughout my life. Um, I've been able to do it so many times as a hairstylist. Um, It's allowed me to meet so many different people, uh, share Jesus with people in numerous ways, and I'm so blessed for that. Um, I've been able to expand my, my circle of ministry in this church at Cornerstone. Thank you for the opportunity. I love all you guys. You guys are my, like, like I'm never nervous to get up here and do this. You guys are family, and that is such a big deal. Talking about expanding your circle in a safe place with people that you love so much. So, so being involved in this church, that's expanding our circle, all right? Um, I love doing speaking events. Um, I've had the honor of doing some retreats and some workshops and some seminars um, and Mother's Day messages. Um, I love this. You know what's cool, you guys? This is one of my heart's desires. I love this. So thank you for humoring me today. (laughs) Um, Hopefully, hopefully, by doing what we're doing, we are encouraging you for the glory of God. So God has been so faithful, and it sounds so easy, but you know what? Let's be real. It's not always easy, and it hasn't always been easy, okay? But is it worth it? Yes, it's been absolutely worth it. I still ask God to expand my circle every day. Even though I'm getting older, my life seasons have shifted. Um, As of January 1 this year, um, our business has expanded, and we'll be doing life coaching, biblical counseling, and events for the community that has to do with Jesus. Is that cool? That's been one of my heart's desires and I'm old, and it's happening. What? All right? Your heart's desire, you guys, it matters to God. It matters for people's eternity. So never stop chasing it and never stop going after it. God's timing is perfect. Our job is simply to minister the gospel, 
to share those, uh, to share with our kids and those around us, God's heart. And God's heart is always to expand our circle, no matter what age and what season. Keep it going, folks. Keep running the race and keep running it strong for others' eternity. 2 Corinthians 4.15, as this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow for the glory of God. Okay, so those are our points for the morning. Number one, pressure for purpose and expanding our circle number two. So if the worship crew uh, would like to come up and get ready as we close. So as we reflect on the life of Paul this morning, we see that all he really strived for in his life was the greater reward. Paul certainly knew that all of his momentary troubles and hardships, they were not in vain. Therefore, he relied on Jesus every day, and he did not lose heart in the journey. We need to do the same, all of us, but moms today, specifically for you today. I want you to know you are all doing a great job. Continue to press in every day and know that the grace that is reaching more and more people will cause thanksgiving to overflow for the glory of God. And like Paul, you and I can say at the end of our journey, we can be confident that we served God faithfully, selflessly, and diligently. So why don't you all stand this morning as we move into a time of uh, worship. And Pastor Matt's going to come up and lead us in prayer. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.